Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z Podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax, and enjoy as you fall asleep. We saw that our podcast was topping the charts in Uzbekistan. So we are going to read their Wikipedia entry. Let's learn about this interesting country in the dullest way possible. If you enjoy our program, please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z, that's three Z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account ZZZ Media Podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. Uzbekistan, officially the Republic of Uzbekistan, is a doubly landlocked country located in Central Asia. It is surrounded by five landlocked countries, Kazakhstan to the north, Kyrgyzstan to the northeast, Tajikistan to the southeast, Afghanistan to the south, and Turkmenistan to the southwest. Its capital and largest city is Tashkent. Uzbekistan is part of the Turkic world, as well as a member of the Organization of Turkic States. Uzbek is the majority spoken language in Uzbekistan, while Russian is widely spoken and understood throughout the country. Tajik is also spoken as a minority language, predominantly in Samarkand and Bukhara. Islam is the predominant religion in Uzbekistan, most Uzbeks being Sunni Muslims. The first recorded settlers in what is now Uzbekistan were Eastern Iranian nomads, known as Scythians, who founded kingdoms in Khorasm, Bactria, and Sogdia in the 8th to 6th centuries BC, as well as Fergana and Margiana in the 3rd century BC, 6th century AD. The area was incorporated into the Iranian Achaemenid Empire and, after a period of Greco-Bactrian rule, was ruled by the Iranian Parthian Empire and later by the Sasanian Empire until the Muslim conquest of Persia in the 7th century. The early Muslim conquests and the subsequent Samanid Empire converted most of the people, including the local ruling classes, into adherents of Islam. During this period, cities such as Samarkand, Kiva, and Bukhara began to grow rich from the Silk Road and became a center of the Islamic Golden Age, with figures such as Muhammad al-Bukhari, al-Tirmidhi, al-Khwarizmi, al-Biruni, Avicenna, and Omar Khayyam. The local Khwarazmian dynasty was destroyed by the Mongol invasion in the 13th century, leading to a dominance by Turkic peoples. Timur, Tamerlane, who in the 14th century established the Timurid Empire, was from Sharasabs. Its capital was Samarkand, which became a center of science under the rule of Alibag, giving birth to the Timurid Renaissance. 
the territories of the Timurid dynasty were conquered by Uzbek Shibanids in the 16th century, moving the center of power to Bukhara. The region was split into three states, the Khanate of Kiva, Khanate of Kokand, and Emirate of Bukhara. Conquests by Emperor Babur towards the east led to the foundation of the Mughal Empire in India. All of Central Asia was gradually incorporated into the Russian Empire during the 19th century, with Tashkent becoming the political center of Russian Turkestan. In 1924, national delimitation created the Uzbek Soviet Socialist Republic as a Republic of the Soviet Union. Shortly before the dissolution of the Soviet Union, it declared independence as the Republic of Uzbekistan on August 31, 1991. Uzbekistan is a secular state with a presidential constitutional government in place. Uzbekistan comprises 12 regions, Vilayets, Tashkent City, and one autonomous republic, Karakalpakstan. While non-governmental human rights organizations have defined Uzbekistan as an authoritarian state with limited civil rights, significant reforms under Uzbekistan's second president, Shavkat Mirziyoyev, have been made following the death of the first president, Islam Karimov. Owing to these reforms, relations with the neighboring countries of Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Afghanistan have drastically improved. A United Nations report of 2020 found much progress toward achieving the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. The Uzbek economy is in a gradual transition to the market economy, with foreign trade policy being based on import substitution. In September 2017, the country's currency became fully convertible at market rates. Uzbekistan is a major producer and exporter of cotton. With the gigantic power generation facilities from the Soviet era and an ample supply of natural gas, Uzbekistan has become the largest electricity producer in Central Asia. From 2018 to 2021, the Republic received a BB sovereign credit rating by both Standard and Poor, S&P, and Fitch ratings. The Brookings Institution described Uzbekistan as having large liquid assets, high economic growth, low public debt, and a low GDP per capita. Uzbekistan is a member of the Commonwealth of Independent States CIS, United Nations UN, and the Shanghai Cooperation Organization SCO. The name Uzbekistan appears in the 16th century Tariqai Rashidi. The origin of the word Uzbek remains disputed. Free, independent, or own master slash leader, requiring an amalgamation of Uzi, Turkic, own, Bek, master or leader. Eponymously named after Oguz Kagan, also known as Oguz Beg. A contraction of Yugas, earlier Oguz, that is, Oguz, tribe, amalgamated with Bek Oguz leader. All three have the middle syllable slash phoneme being cognate with the Turkic title Beg. 
The first people known to have inhabited Central Asia were Scythians who came from the northern grasslands of what is now Uzbekistan sometime in the first millennium BC when these nomads settled in the region they built an extensive irrigation system along the rivers. At this time, cities such as Bukhoro, Bukhara, and Samarkand, Samarkand emerged as centers of government and high culture. By the 5th century BC, the Bactrian, Sogdian, and Tocharian states dominated the region. As East Asia began to develop its silk trade with the West, using an extensive network of cities and rural settlements in the province of Transoxiana, and further east in what is today Xinjiang, the Sogdian intermediaries became the wealthiest of these merchants. As a result of this trade on what became known as the Silk Route, Bukhara and Samarkand eventually became extremely wealthy cities, and at times Transoxiana, Mawarner, was one of the most influential and powerful provinces of antiquity. In 327 BC, Macedonian ruler Alexander the Great conquered the Persian Empire provinces of Sogdiana and Bactria, which contained the territories of modern Uzbekistan. Popular resistance to the conquest was fierce, causing Alexander's army to be bogged down in the region that became the northern part of the Macedonian Greco-Bactrian kingdom. The kingdom was replaced with the Ueji-dominated Kushan Empire in the 1st century BC. For many centuries thereafter, the region of Uzbekistan was ruled by the Parthian and Sassanid empires, as well as by other empires, for example, those formed by the Turkic Gokturk peoples. The Muslim conquests from the 7th century onward saw the Arabs bring Islam to Uzbekistan. In the same period, Islam began to take root among the nomadic Turkic peoples. In the 8th century, Transoxiana, the territory between the Amudaria and Sudaria rivers, was conquered by the Arabs, Qutayba Ibn Muslim, becoming a focal point soon after the Islamic Golden Age. In the 9th and 10th centuries, Transoxiana was brought into the Samanid state. Later, it saw the incursion of the Turkic-ruled Karakhanids, as well as the Seljuks, Sultan Sanjar, and Karakhitans. The Mongol conquest under Genghis Khan during the 13th century brought change to the region. The invasions of Bukhara, Samarkand, Urchinch, and others resulted in mass murders and unprecedented destruction, which saw parts of Khwarezmia being completely razed. Following the death of Genghis Khan in 1227, his empire was divided among his four sons and his family members. Despite the potential for serious fragmentation, there was an orderly succession for several generations and control of most of Transoxiana stayed in the hands of the direct descendants of Shagatai Khan, the second son of Genghis Khan. Orderly succession, prosperity, and internal peace prevailed in the Shigatai lands, and the Mongol Empire as a whole remained a strong and united kingdom, the Golden Horde. After the decline of the Golden Horde, Khwarezm was briefly ruled by the Sufi dynasty until Timur's conquest of it in 1388.
Sufit's rules Khwarezm as vassals of alternatively Timurids, Golden Horde, and the Khanate of Bukhara until Persian occupation in 1510. In the early 14th century, however, as the empire began to break up into its constituent parts, the Shigatai territory was disrupted as the princes of various tribal groups competed for influence. One tribal chieftain, Timur, Tamerlane, emerged from these struggles in the 1380s as the dominant force in Transoxiana. Although he was not a descendant of Genghis Khan, Timur became the de facto ruler of Transoxiana and proceeded to conquer all of Western Central Asia, Iran, the Caucasus, Mesopotamia, Asia Minor, and the southern steppe region north of the Aral Sea. He also invaded Russia before dying during an invasion of China in 1405. Timur was also known for his extreme brutality and his conquests were accompanied by genocidal massacres in the cities he occupied. Timur initiated the last flowering of Transoxiana by gathering together numerous artisans and scholars from the vast lands he had conquered into his capital, Samarkand, thus imbuing his empire with a rich Perso-Islamic culture. During his reign and the reigns of his immediate descendants, a wide range of religious and palatial construction masterpieces were undertaken in Samarkand and other population centers. Amir Timur initiated an exchange of medical discoveries and patronized physicians, scientists and artists from the neighboring regions such as India, his grandson Alibag was one of the world's first great astronomers. It was during the Timurid dynasty that Turkic, in the form of the Shigatai dialect, became a literary language in its own right in Transoxiana, although the Timurids were Persianating culture. The greatest Shaghatid writer, Ali Shirnavai, was active in the city of Herat, now in northwestern Afghanistan, in the second half of the 15th century. The Timurid state quickly split in half after the death of Timur. The chronic internal fighting of the Timurids attracted the attention of the Uzbek nomadic tribes living to the north of the Aral Sea. In 1501, the Uzbek forces began a wholesale invasion of Transoxiana. The slave trade in the Emirate of Bukhara became prominent and was firmly established at this time. Before the arrival of the Russians, present-day Uzbekistan was divided between the Emirate of Bukhara and the Khanates of Kiva and Kokand. In the 19th century, the Russian Empire began to expand and spread into Central Asia. There were 210,306 Russians living in Uzbekistan in 1912. The Great Game period is generally regarded as running from approximately 1813 to the Anglo-Russian Convention of 1907. A second, less intensive phase followed the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917. At the start of the 19th century, there were some 3,200 kilometers 2,000 miles, separating British India and the outlying regions of Tsarist Russia. Much of the land between was unmapped. 
In the early 1890s, Sven Hadin passed through Uzbekistan during his first expedition. By the beginning of 1920, Central Asia was firmly in the hands of Russia and, despite some early resistance to the Bolsheviks, Uzbekistan and the rest of Central Asia became a part of the Soviet Union. On October 27, 1924, the Uzbek Soviet Socialist Republic was created. From 1941 to 1945, during World War II, 1,433,230 people from Uzbekistan fought in the Red Army against Nazi Germany. A number also fought on the German side. As many as 263,005 Uzbek soldiers died in the battlefields of the Eastern Front and 32,670 went missing in action. On June 20, 1990, Uzbekistan declared its state sovereignty. On August 31, 1991, Uzbekistan declared independence after the failed coup attempt in Moscow. September 1st was proclaimed National Independence Day. The Soviet Union was dissolved on December 26th of that year. Islam Karimov, previously first secretary of the Communist Party of Uzbekistan since 1989, was elected president of the Uzbek Soviet Socialist Republic in 1990. After the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1991, he was elected president of independent Uzbekistan. An authoritarian ruler, Karimov died in September 2016. He was replaced by his longtime prime minister, Shavkat Mirziyoyev, on December 14th of the same year. On November 6th, 2021, Mirziyoyev was sworn into his second term in office after gaining a landslide victory in presidential election. Uzbekistan has an area of 448,978 square kilometers, 173,351 square miles. It is the 56th largest country in the world by area and the 40th by population. Among the CIS countries, it is the fourth largest by area and the second largest by population. Uzbekistan lies between latitudes 37 degrees and 46 degrees north and longitudes 56 degrees and 74 degrees east. It stretches 1,425 kilometers, 885 miles, from west to east and 930 kilometers, 580 miles, from north to south. Bordering Kazakhstan and the Aralkum Desert, former Aral Sea, to the north and northwest, Turkmenistan and Afghanistan to the southwest, Tajikistan to the southeast, and Kyrgyzstan to the northeast, Uzbekistan is one of the largest Central Asian states and the only Central Asian state to border all the other four. Uzbekistan also shares a short border, less than 150 kilometers or 93 miles, with Afghanistan to the south. Uzbekistan is a hot, dry, landlocked country. 
It is one of two doubly landlocked countries in the world, that is, a landlocked country completely surrounded by other landlocked countries, the other being Liechtenstein. In addition, due to its location within a series of endorheic basins, none of its rivers lead to the sea. Less than 10% of its territory is intensively cultivated irrigated land in river valleys and oases, and formerly in the Aral Sea, which has largely desiccated in one of the world's worst environmental disasters. The rest is the vast Kazilkum Desert and mountains. The highest point in Uzbekistan is Khazret Sultan at 4,643 meters, 15,233 feet above sea level in the southern part of the Gisar range in the Serksandario region on the border with Tajikistan, just northwest of Dushanbe, formerly called Peak of the 22nd Congress of the Communist Party. The climate in Uzbekistan is continental, with little precipitation expected annually, 100 to 200 millimeters, or 3.9 to 7.9 inches. The average summer high temperature tends to be 40 degrees Celsius, 104 degrees Fahrenheit, while the average winter low temperature is around minus 23 degrees Celsius, minus 9 degrees Fahrenheit. Uzbekistan is home to six terrestrial ecoregions, Alai Western Tian Shan Steppe, Chisaro Alai Open Woodlands, Badges and Karabil Semi-Desert, Central Asian Northern Desert, Central Asian Riparian Woodlands, and Central Asian Southern Desert. Uzbekistan has a rich and diverse natural environment. However, Decades of Soviet policies in pursuit of greater cotton production have resulted in a catastrophic scenario with the agricultural industry being the main contributor to the pollution and devastation of both air and water in the country. The Aral Sea was once the fourth largest inland sea on earth, humidifying the surrounding air and irrigating the arid land. Since the 1960s, when the overuse of the Aral Sea water began, it has shrunk to about 10% of its former area and divided into parts, with only the southern part of the narrow western lobe of the South Aral Sea remaining permanently in Uzbekistan. Much of the water was and continues to be used for the irrigation of cotton fields, a crop requiring a large amount of water to grow. Due to the Aral Sea loss, High salinity and contamination of the soil with heavy elements are especially widespread in Karakalpakstan, the region of Uzbekistan adjacent to the Aral Sea. The bulk of the nation's water resources is used for farming, which accounts for nearly 84% of the water use and contributes to high soil salinity. Heavy use of pesticides and fertilizers for cotton growing further aggravates soil contamination. According to the UNDP, United Nations Development Program, climate risk management in Uzbekistan should consider its ecological safety. Numerous oil and gas deposits have been discovered in the south of the country. Uzbekistan has also been home to seismic activity, as evidenced by the 1902 Andijan earthquake, 2011 Fergana Valley earthquake, and 1966 Tashkent earthquake.
A dam collapse at Sardoba Reservoir in May 2020 flooded much farmland and many villages. The devastation extended into areas inside neighboring Kazakhstan. After Uzbekistan declared independence from the Soviet Union in 1991, an election was held and Islam Karimov was elected as the first president of Uzbekistan on December 29, 1991. The elections of the Oli Majlis, Parliament or Supreme Assembly, were held under a resolution adopted by the 16th Supreme Soviet in 1994. In that year, the Supreme Soviet was replaced by the Oli Majlis. The third elections for the bicameral 150-member Oli Majlis, the Legislative Chamber, and the 100-member Senate for five-year terms were held on December 27, 2009. The second elections were held from December 2004 to January 2005. The Oli Majlis was unicameral up to 2004. Its size increased from 69 deputies members in 1994 to 120 in 2004-05 and currently stands at 150. Karimov's first presidential term was extended to 2000 via a referendum and he was re-elected in 2000, 2007, and 2015 each time receiving over 90% of the vote. Most international observers refused to participate in the process and did not recognize the results, dismissing them as not meeting basic standards. The 2002 referendum also included a plan for a bicameral parliament consisting of a lower house, the Oli Majlis, and an upper house, Senate. Members of the lower house are to be full-time legislators. Elections for the new bicameral parliament took place on December 26. Following Islam Karimov's death on September 2, 2016, the Oli Majlis appointed Prime Minister Shavkat Mirziyoyev as interim president. Although the chairman of the Senate, Nigmatila Yildashev, was constitutionally designated as Karimov's successor, Yuldashev proposed that Mirziyoyev take the post of the interim president instead in light of Mirziyoyev's many years of experience. Mirziyoyev was subsequently elected as the country's second president in the December 2016 presidential election, winning 88.6% of the vote, and was sworn in on December 14. Deputy Prime Minister Abdullah Arapov replaced him as Prime Minister. Mirziyoyev removed most of Karimov's officials and urged the government to employ new, young people who love their country. After a year in office, Mirziyoyev moved away from many of his predecessor's policies. He visited all the Uzbek regions and big cities to get acquainted with the implementation of the projects and reforms which he ordered. Many analysts and Western media compared his rule with Chinese Communist Party leader Deng Xiaoping or Soviet Communist Party General Secretary Mikhail Gorbachev. His rule has been quoted as being an Uzbek spring. 
Uzbekistan joined the Commonwealth of Independent States in December 1991. However, it is opposed to reintegration and withdrew from the CIS collective security arrangement in 1999. Since that time, Uzbekistan has participated in the CIS peacekeeping force in Tajikistan and in UN organized groups to help resolve the Tajikistan and Afghanistan conflicts, both of which it sees as posing threats to its own stability. Previously close to Washington, which gave Uzbekistan half a billion dollars in aid in 2004, about a quarter of its military budget, the government of Uzbekistan has recently restricted American military use of the airbase at Karshikanabad for air operations in neighboring Afghanistan. Uzbekistan was an active supporter of U.S. efforts against worldwide terrorism. The relationship between Uzbekistan and the United States began to deteriorate after the so-called color revolutions in Georgia and Ukraine and to a lesser extent Kyrgyzstan. When the U.S. joined in a call for an independent international investigation of the bloody events at Andijan, the relationship further declined and President Islam Karimov changed the political alignment of the country to bring it closer to Russia and China. In late July 2005, the government of Uzbekistan ordered the United States to vacate an airbase in Karshikanabad near Uzbekistan's border with Afghanistan within 180 days. Karimov had offered use of the base to the U.S. Shortly after September 11th, it is also believed by some Uzbeks that the protests in Andijan were brought about by the UK and US. Influences in the area of Andijan. This is another reason for the hostility between Uzbekistan and the West. Uzbekistan is a member of the United Nations UN since March 2, 1992, the Euro-Atlantic Partnership Council EUPC, Partnership for Peace PFP, and the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe OSC. It belongs to the Organization of Islamic Cooperation OIC, and the Economic Cooperation Organization ECO comprising the five Central Asian countries, Azerbaijan, Iran, Turkey, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. In 1999, Uzbekistan joined the Guam Alliance, Georgia, Ukraine, Azerbaijan, and Moldova, which was formed in 1997, making it GUAM, but pulled out of the organization in 2005. Uzbekistan is also a member of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization SCO, and hosts the SCO's regional anti-terrorist structure RATS, in Tashkent. Uzbekistan joined the new Central Asian Cooperation Organization CACO, in 2002. The CACO consists of Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, and Kyrgyzstan. It is a founding member of, and remains involved in, the Central Asian Union formed with Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan and joined in March 1998 by Tajikistan. 
In December 1994, Uzbekistan applied for the World Trade Organization membership and received an observer status to start the accession process. The Working Party on the Accession of Uzbekistan to the WDO held its fourth meeting on July 7, 2020, almost 15 years after its last formal meeting. In September 2006, UNESCO presented Islam Karimov an award for Uzbekistan's preservation of its rich culture and traditions. Despite criticism, this seems to be a sign of improving relationships between Uzbekistan and the West. The month of October 2006 also saw a decrease in the isolation of Uzbekistan from the West. The EU announced that it was planning to send a delegation to Uzbekistan to talk about human rights and liberties after a long period of hostile relations between the two. Although it is equivocal about whether the official or unofficial version of the Andijan massacre is true, the EU is evidently willing to ease its economic sanctions against Uzbekistan. Nevertheless, it is generally assumed among Uzbekistan's population that the government will stand firm in maintaining its close ties with the Russian Federation and in its theory that the 2004-2005 protests in Uzbekistan were promoted by the US and UK. In January 2008, Lola Viva was appointed to her current role as Uzbekistan's ambassador to UNESCO. Karimovatilyeviva and her team have been instrumental in promoting intercultural dialogue by increasing European society's awareness of Uzbekistan's cultural and historical heritage. Non-governmental human rights organizations, such as IHF, Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, as well as United States Department of State and Council of the European Union, define Uzbekistan as an authoritarian state with limited civil rights and express profound concern about wide-scale violation of virtually all basic human rights. According to the reports, the most widespread violations are torture, arbitrary arrests, and various restrictions of freedoms, of religion, of speech and press, of free association and assembly. It has also been reported that forced sterilization of rural Uzbek women has been sanctioned by the government. The reports maintain that the violations are most often committed against members of religious organizations, independent journalists, human rights activists and political activists, including members of the banned opposition parties. As of 2015, reports on violations on human rights in Uzbekistan indicated that violations were still going on without any improvement. The Freedom House has consistently ranked Uzbekistan near the bottom of its freedom in the world ranking since the country's founding in 1991. In the 2018 report, Uzbekistan was one of the 11 worst countries for political rights and civil liberties. The 2005 civil unrest in Uzbekistan, which resulted in several hundred people being killed, is viewed by many as a landmark event in the history of human rights abuse in Uzbekistan. 
concern has been expressed and requests for an independent investigation of the events has been made by the United States, the European Union, the United Nations, the OSC Chairman in Office and the OSC Office for Democratic Institutions and Human Rights. The government of Uzbekistan is accused of unlawful termination of human life and of denying its citizens freedom of assembly and freedom of expression. The government vehemently rebuffs the accusations, maintaining that it merely conducted an anti-terrorist operation, exercising only necessary force. In addition, some officials claim that an information war on Uzbekistan has been declared and the human rights violations in Andijan are invented by the enemies of Uzbekistan as a convenient pretext for intervention in the country's internal affairs. Male homosexuality is illegal in Uzbekistan. Punishment ranges from a fine to three years in prison. There are an estimated 1.2 million modern slaves in Uzbekistan, most work in the cotton industry. The government allegedly forces state employees to pick cotton in the autumn months. World Bank loans have been connected to projects that use child labor and forced labor practices in the cotton industry. Islam Karimov died in 2016 and his successor Shavkat Mirziyoyev is considered by most to be pursuing a less autocratic path by increasing cooperation with human rights NGOs, scheduling Soviet-style exit visas to be abolished in 2019, and reducing sentences for certain misdemeanor offenses. The Amnesty International report on the country for 2017 to 2018 found some remnant repressive measures and lack of rule of law in eradicating modern slavery. In February 2020, the United Nations announced that Uzbekistan had made major progress on stamping out forced labor in its cotton harvest as 94% of pickers worked voluntarily. Uzbekistan is divided into 12 regions, Vilayatlar, Singular Viloyat, Compound Noun Viloyati e.g., Tashkent Viloyati, Samarkand Viloyati, etc., One Autonomous Republic, Respublika, Compound Noun Respublikasi e.g., Korkalpagistan Muxta Respublikasi, Karakopakstan Autonomous Republic, etc., and One Independent City, Shahar, Compound noun Shari, e.g., Tashkent Shari. Names are given below in Uzbek, Russian, and Karakopak languages when applicable, although numerous variations of the transliterations of each name exist. The regions are further divided into districts, Chumen. Uzbekistan mines 80 tons of gold annually, seventh in the world. Uzbekistan's copper deposits rank 10th in the world and its uranium deposits 12th. The country's uranium production ranks 7th globally. The Uzbek National Gas Company, Uzbekneftigaz, ranks 11th in the world in natural gas production with an annual output of 60 to 70 billion cubic meters, 2.1 to 2.5 trillion cubic feet. The country has significant untapped reserves of oil and gas, 
There are 194 deposits of hydrocarbons in Uzbekistan, including 98 condensate and natural gas deposits and 96 gas condensate deposits. Uzbekistan improved marginally in the 2020 ease of doing business ranking by the World Bank. The largest corporations involved in Uzbekistan's energy sector are the China National Petroleum Corporation CNPC, Petronas, the Korean National Oil Corporation Gazprom, Lukoil, and Uzbeknefteygaz. Along with many Commonwealth of Independent States or CIS economies, Uzbekistan's economy declined during the first years of transition and then recovered after 1995 as the cumulative effect of policy reforms began to be felt. It has shown robust growth, rising by 4% per year between 1998 and 2003 and accelerating thereafter to 7% to 8% per year. According to IMF estimates, the GDP in 2008 will be almost double its value in 1995 in constant prices. Since 2003 annual inflation rates varied, reaching almost 40% in 2010 and less than 20% in 2019. Uzbekistan has a GNI per capita of 2020 US dollars in current dollars in 2018, giving a PPP equivalent of 7,230 US dollars. Economic production is concentrated in commodities. In 2011, Uzbekistan was the world's seventh largest producer and fifth largest exporter of cotton as well as the seventh largest world producer of gold. It is also a regionally significant producer of natural gas, coal, copper, oil, silver and uranium. Agriculture employs 27% of Uzbekistan's labor force and contributes 17.4% of its GDP 2012 data. Cultivable land is 4.4 million hectares or about 10% of Uzbekistan's total area. While official unemployment is very low, underemployment especially in rural areas, is estimated to be at least 20%. Cotton production in Uzbekistan is important to the national economy of the country. Uzbek cotton is even used to make banknotes in South Korea. The country has a considerable production of carrots as well. The use of child labor in Uzbekistan has led several companies including Tesco, CNA, Marks and Spencer, Gap, and H&M to boycott Uzbek cotton. Facing a multitude of economic challenges upon acquiring independence, the government adopted an evolutionary reform strategy with an emphasis on state control, reduction of imports and self-sufficiency in energy. Since 1994, the state-controlled media have repeatedly proclaimed the success of this Uzbekistan economic model and suggested that it is a unique example of a smooth transition to the market economy while avoiding shock, pauperism and stagnation. 
As of 2019, Uzbekistan's economy is one of the most diversified in Central Asia, which makes the country an attractive economic partner for China. The gradualist reform strategy has involved postponing significant macroeconomic and structural reforms. The state in the hands of the bureaucracy has remained a dominant influence in the economy. Corruption permeates the society and grows more rampant over time. Uzbekistan's 2005 Corruption Perception Index was 137 out of 159 countries, whereas in 2007 Uzbekistan was 175th out of 179 countries. A February 2006 report on the country by the International Crisis Group suggests that revenues earned from key exports, especially cotton, gold, maize and increasingly gas, are distributed among a very small circle of the ruling elite, with little or no benefit for the populace at large. The early 2010s high-profile corruption scandals involving government contracts and large international companies, notably Telia Sonora, have shown that businesses are particularly vulnerable to corruption when operating in Uzbekistan. According to the Economist Intelligence Unit, the government is hostile to allowing the development of an independent private sector over which it would have no control. The economic policies have repelled foreign investment, which is the lowest per capita in the CIS. For years, the largest barrier to foreign companies entering the Uzbekistan market has been the difficulty of converting currency. In 2003, the government accepted the obligations of Article 8 under the International Monetary Fund IMF, providing for full currency convertibility. However, strict currency controls and the tightening of borders have lessened the effect of this measure. Uzbekistan experienced rampant inflation of around 1,000% per year immediately after independence, 1992-1994. Stabilization efforts implemented with guidance from the IMF paid off. The inflation rates were brought down to 50% in 1997 and then to 22% in 2002. Since 2003, annual inflation rates averaged less than 10%. Tight economic policies in 2004 resulted in a drastic reduction of inflation to 3.8%, although alternative estimates based on the price of a true market basket put it at 15%. The inflation rates moved up to 6.9% in 2006 and 7.6% in 2007 but have remained in the single-digit range. The government of Uzbekistan restricts foreign imports in many ways, including high import duties. Excise taxes are applied in a highly discriminatory manner to protect locally produced goods, although the excise's taxes were removed for foreign cars in 2020. Official tariffs are combined with unofficial, discriminatory charges resulting in total charges amounting to as much as 100 to 150 percent of the actual value of the product, making imported products virtually unaffordable. 
Import substitution is an officially declared policy and the government proudly reports a reduction by a factor of two in the volume of consumer goods imported. A number of CIS countries are officially exempt from Uzbekistan import duties. Uzbekistan has a bilateral investment treaty with 50 other countries. The Republican Stock Exchange RSE opened in 1994. The stocks of all Uzbek joint stock companies, around 1,250, are traded on RSE. The number of listed companies as of January 2013 exceeds 110. Securities market volume reached 2 trillion in 2012 and the number is rapidly growing due to the rising interest by companies of attracting necessary resources through the capital market. According to Central Depository, as of January 2013 par value of outstanding shares of Uzbek emitters exceeded 9 trillion. Thanks in part to the recovery of world market prices of gold and cotton, the country's key export commodities, expanded natural gas and some manufacturing exports, and increasing labor migrant transfers, the current account turned into a large surplus, between 9% and 11% of GDP from 2003 to 2005. In 2018, foreign exchange reserves, including gold, totaled around 25 billion US dollars. Foreign exchange reserves amounted in 2010 to 13 billion US dollars. Uzbekistan is predicted to be one of the fastest growing economies in the world, top 26, in future decades, according to a survey by Global Bank HSBC. As of 2022, Uzbekistan has the largest population out of all the countries in Central Asia. Its 36 million citizens comprise nearly half the region's total population. The population of Uzbekistan is very young, 34.1% of its people are younger than 14, 2008 estimate. According to official sources, Uzbeks comprise a majority, 84.5% of the total population. Other ethnic groups include Russians 2.1%, Tajiks 4.8%, Kazakhs 2.4%, Karakopaks 2.2% and Tatars 0.5% as of 2021. There is some controversy about the percentage of the Tajik population. While official state numbers from Uzbekistan put the number around 5%, the number is said to be an understatement and some Western scholars put the number up to 10% to 20%. Uzbekistan has an ethnic Korean population that was forcibly relocated to the region by Stalin from the Soviet Far East in 1937 to 1938. There are also small groups of Armenians in Uzbekistan, mostly in Tashkent and Samarkand. The nation is 88% Muslim, mostly Sunni, with a Sharia minority, 9% Eastern Orthodox and 3% other faiths. The U.S.
State Department's International Religious Freedom Report 2004 reports that 0.2% of the population are Buddhist, these being ethnic Koreans. The Bukharan Jews have lived in Central Asia, mostly in Uzbekistan, for thousands of years. There were 94,900 Jews in Uzbekistan in 1989, about 0.5% of the population according to the 1989 census, but now, since the dissolution of the Soviet Union, most Central Asian Jews left the region for the United States, Germany, or Israel. Fewer than 5,000 Jews remained in Uzbekistan in 2007. Russians in Uzbekistan represented 5.5% of the total population in 1989. During the Soviet period, Russians and Ukrainians constituted more than half the population of Tashkent. The country counted nearly 1.5 million Russians, 12.5% of the population, in the 1970 census. After the dissolution of the Soviet Union, significant emigration of ethnic Russians has taken place, mostly for economic reasons. In the 1940s, the Crimean Tatars, along with the Volga Germans, Chechens, Pontic Greeks, Kumaks, and many other nationalities were deported to Central Asia. Approximately 100,000 Crimean Tatars continue to live in Uzbekistan. The number of Greeks in Tashkent has decreased from 35,000 in 1974 to about 12,000 in 2004. The majority of Meskhetian Turks left the country after the pogroms in the Fergana Valley in June 1989. At least 10% of Uzbekistan's labor force works abroad, mostly in Russia and Kazakhstan and other countries. Uzbekistan has a 100% literacy rate among adults older than 15, 2019 estimate. Life expectancy in Uzbekistan is 66 years among men and 72 years among women. President Shavkat Mirziyoyev signed a law in March 2020 that demands a national census take place at least every 10 years. The population has not been officially counted in over 30 years. In November 2020, the first census was cancelled due to concerns about coronavirus and the sheer size of the task. It now has been postponed to 2023. Uzbekistan is a secular country and Article 61 of its constitution states that religious organizations and associations shall be separated from the state and equal before law. The state shall not interfere in the activity of religious associations. Islam is the dominant religion in Uzbekistan, although Soviet power, 1924 to 1991, discouraged the expression of religious belief and it was repressed during its existence as a Soviet Republic. The CIA Factbook estimate that Muslims constitute 88% of the population while 9% of the population follow Russian Orthodox Christianity, 3% other religions and non-religious. 
while a 2020 Pew Research Center projection stated that Uzbekistan's population is 96.7% Muslim and Christians, mostly Russian Orthodox Christians comprise 2.3% of the population, 630,000. An estimated 93,000 Jews lived in the country in the early 1990s. In addition, there are about 7,400 Zoroastrians left in Uzbekistan, mostly in Tajik areas like Kojand. Despite the predominance of Islam and its rich history in the country, the practice of the faith is far from monolithic. Uzbeks have practiced many versions of Islam. The conflict of Islamic tradition with various agendas of reform or secularization throughout the 20th century has left a wide variety of Islamic practices in Central Asia. The end of Soviet control in Uzbekistan in 1991 did not bring an immediate upsurge of religion-associated fundamentalism, as many had predicted, but rather a gradual reacquaintance with the precepts of the Islamic faith and a gradual resurgence of Islam in the country. However, since 2015 there has been a slight increase in Islamist activity, with small organizations such as the Islamic Movement of Uzbekistan declaring allegiance to ISIL and contributing fighters abroad, although the terror threat in Uzbekistan itself remains low. See terrorism in Uzbekistan.